0: So, some would ask, Scotty, why would you be doing something like this on homecoming? But what a lot of people don't understand is that there'll be many churches that will never see something like this. There are many churches who do not get the blessing of pouring into younger ministers and helping shape them as they start their way in the gospel ministry. God has always called his workers to ministry, and he continues to do so today. God called Abraham, Moses, Peter, Paul, Barnabas, all for a purpose, all for a specific ministry. And in the same way, he calls us as well. In this service, we are setting aside Aaron Abs for the gospel ministry. Aaron, you got to look at me. (laughs) Have you ever been in a service when you felt like the preacher was preaching directly to you? Well, today that's it. No pressure. Relax. And I promise you, I'm just as nervous as you are. I remember when I was in that seat. I remember the uncomfortableness. Not because of being in front of my church family, but the uncomfortableness because I realized the call that God had on my life. I realized the weight of the ministry. I realized the purpose. And brother, I want you to hear this from me today. I believe in the calling that God has on your life. Today, I am charging you to hold to that calling, but before we do so, I'm going to ask that we to enter this service in prayer. Father, first, I just want to say thank you. Thank you for the privilege, the honor and even the responsibility to help raise up young leaders. Father, I'm thankful for Aaron, his heart for your church and your gospel. And Father, as we take this time to set him aside, to charge him, to ordain him in the gospel ministry, I pray, Lord, that he would see the words that come from my mouth are not just from me, but from your word. Father, I want to thank you this morning for the salvation that you've given us. We know, Lord, that it is a gift from you and that it is, there is nothing that we could do to earn it. But I pray that this faith family this morning would realize the gift that we have in being a part of this service this morning. Thank you, Lord. To you, all honor and glory belongs in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. So Ephesians 4, 11 through 13, one of my favorite verses. It says, so Christ himself gave apostles, prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, and the teachers to equip his people for the work of service so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith. And in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. Aaron, you have made it clear to me and to this church that you believe with all your heart that you have a biblical call to pastoral ministry. Am I correct? Yes, sir. So are you ready for your questions? Aaron, have you considered seriously this biblical ministry to which you are being called? Do you believe that Jesus Christ is the son of the living God, your personal Lord and Savior? As a minister, you are called to a higher level of responsibility and integrity Than others. Have you seriously considered the high level of integrity, morality, and Christian living in which you are being called? Absolutely. Will you strive to encourage the church to lead the lost to a saving relationship with Him? Absolutely. Will you remain faithful to the teaching of the Scripture, teaching the whole counsel of God as you teach? in this church and others? Will you follow the leading of the authority of the local church you serve, promoting unity and the cause of Christ? Do you hold to the statement of faith upheld by this church? The scripture I have picked out for you is one that you've had a little bit of time to wrestle over Ezekiel 34 has been a passage that has been on my mind many days and many nights. I'll be honest with you, this passage has kept me up late at night, and I've told you that. But I want to give some background to this passage. This background, the background of this passage is that Ezekiel is speaking on God's behalf to the leaders of Israel who were put in charge to lead Israel, but unfortunately did not take that leadership seriously. Because of this, the nation of Israel became weak. And it wasn't long before they were able to be taken over. Aaron, the call which you have on your life is one that's serious. It is a call that has many points to it. But the one thing you really need to understand is that God is the one who's called you. Not a man, not a church, not a denomination. Your calling comes from Him. And that's why this passage is one that's kept me up all night. In Ezekiel 34, church, listen to me because this applies a lot to you as well. It says this, Then the word of the Lord came to me saying, Son of man, prophesy against the shepherds of Israel. Prophesy and say to those shepherds, This is what the Lord God says. Woe to the shepherds of Israel who have been feeding themselves. Should the shepherds not be feeding the flock? You eat the fat and you clothe yourself with the wool. You slaughter the flat sheep without feeding the flock. Those who are sickly, you have not strengthened. The diseased, you have not healed. The broken, you have not bound up. The scattered, you have not brought back. Nor have you searched for the lost. But with force and with violence, you have dominated. They scattered for lack of a shepherd and they became food for every animal of the field that was scattered. My flock, this is God speaking, strayed through all the mountains on every high hill. My flock was scattered over all the surface of the earth and there was no one to search or seek for them. Aaron, this scripture is proof that just because you are put in leadership does not necessarily mean that you are a good leader. The early leaders of Israel had forgotten. They had forgotten what pure leadership was. And the one thing that they had to learn more than anything, and this is a tough lesson that I've had to learn myself, is that. True, pure leadership isn't about you. That's a hard thing to swallow. And it's something that all of us deal with. But even in Matthew chapter 20, we see these words that symbolize what our Lord and Savior came from. But listen to what he says. It is not supposed to be this way among you. But whoever wishes to be great, shall be your servant. Whoever wishes to be first, shall be your slave. But just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve, and to give His life as a ransom for many. Aaron, in just the last couple of years, I mean, you've talked about it. We've witnessed it. We have witnessed What it's like when leadership in the church becomes all about one person. Church, this is a dangerous thing. This is one of the most dangerous things that can happen in a church. When a leader is exalted above everything else, even Jesus Christ, you set him on a high pedestal from which he can fall. And a lot of pastors today are getting to this point, and we're seeing it. Most of you have seen the documentaries that have been released on FX and, and HBO and Paramount and Showtime about one single church that rose to prominence and slowly is fading away. Aaron, the thing that's bothered me the most about what I've seen in this is not the pastors that fell, but the flock. That is being scattered because of it. This is why we have to take it with all seriousness, Aaron. That being a pastor is not about us. The whole term shepherd. To watch over or to care for or to tend. Is something that we must take serious. And listen to me, brother. Every single pastor struggles with that with the thought of wanting to become big. The thought of wanting to become successful. But I want to ask you this morning, is obedience not better? Our prophet Jeremiah was told that he would preach and preach and preach and he would not have one convert but yet his ministry was still a success your ministry is not about what you do it's about what God does through you Aaron it's not about you every single person who walked through this door this morning struggles with this same selfishness and this is something that we have to battle with on a daily basis but church I want to remind you of something That a self-centered church, and it's very easy to be that way, is not a gospel-centered church. And when a self-centered church realizes the error of their way, the only true thing that they can do is repent and turn back to it. Brothers and sisters, I ask you, help me guard against us becoming a self-centered church. Because guess what? It's not about us. We have to remember that our ministry is a ministry to the people. And without people, Aaron, there is no ministry. Your ministry its not about you. The next thing we see in here is we see him command the shepherds to feed and not be greed. That's a hard thing. That's a very hard thing to feed and not be greedy about it. The, earthly, the early leaders were selfish and it caused them to neglect their responsibility to feed the people. And Jesus made this a primary point in his lesson to Peter. And a lot of times we miss this. We miss this in John chapter 21 where Peter and Jesus are having this private conversation. But public conversation. Jesus looks at him and says, Peter, do you love me more than these? Peter responds, you know I do. Jesus replies, feed my lambs. He looks at him again and says, Peter, Do you love me more than these? Peter, taken back, says, Father, you know that I love you. Tend my sheep. Third time, he looks at Peter and he says, Peter, do you love me? And in that moment, Peter gets broken. And he gets broken because of the severity of the sin that he had committed against his Lord. Peter looks at him and says, Father, I love you. Feed my sheep. A lot of times we look at this scripture and we think that this scripture and Peter's sin was just the fact that he denied Jesus. But when you really look at what Peter's sin and denial was all about, it was all about his self-preservation. He denied Christ to stay alive. And I want you to think about this, Aaron, because you're going to be tempted, even as a pastor, to deny Christ when what you preach isn't popular. We live in a culture today by which a lot of the things that we hold to in this scripture are not considered popular. Church, I want you to hear me on something. God didn't call the church to be popular. God did not call the church to be cool. God called the church to be obedient and obedient to his word. And I know it's all right to change your methodologies. Methodologies will change as long as you are in ministry, Aaron. But the one thing that you can never change is the word with which you teach people. I want you to think about this for a minute. Because what Peter was rejecting was the incarnated word. The word in the flesh. And brother, I challenge you. Feed his sheep. Notice how he said it three different times though. The first time he says, feed my lambs. What's a lamb? Lamb's a baby sheep. A baby sheep. Then he says, tend my sheep. Which, in some translations, translation I use, is translated as shepherd. Shepherd my sheep. And then the last time he says, feed my sheep. Aaron, one of the hardest things as a pastor is to communicate to people where they are at. It is hard to conduct, to prepare, and to bring about a message that will hit everybody from the lost to the most educated Christian. But again, I want you to remind you of this. Without the work of the Holy Spirit in your life, no matter what you teach, It's going to be absent of his blessing and his glory. Preach the word, depend on the spirit, but know your flock. You know, Aaron, me and you've heard this both. We've heard people respond to pastors that say that they're not being fed where they're at. But church, I want to remind you of this. I can put a meal before you But if you don't pick up the fork, you're never going to eat it. Well, I don't like what you have to say. It's all right. My boys don't like what we give them every night at supper. They don't. They want Uncrustable. They want Pringles. What else y'all want? Pizza. The church the pastor of a responsibility is not to give you what you want, it's to give you what you need. And sometimes those are hard words for an individual to swallow. But Aaron, remember this, without the word, there is no ministry. He also calls for the shepherds to have compassion. To have compassion for people takes three things, Aaron. You have to see people. When you see someone you are present with them. But you also have to know them to really have compassion for them. And I'm not saying know every detail of their life, but know where they're at. Just like me and you were talking about the other day. There's sometimes in our life, in our walk, that we have to remember what it was like to be a lost individual. Because sometimes in our Christian in our language, in our practices, we become so inundated with that that we forget what it was like to be lost. Church, when's the last time you thought about it? When's the last time that you really thought about what it was like to be lost? Do you remember the helplessness? Do you remember the emptiness? Do you remember having your wrongs brought before you? Do you remember the guilt, the shame? Do you remember the heartache and the loneliness? See, that's something as a church that we never can forget. Because once we forget that, we don't understand where people is at. And that's the third thing that we have to do to have compassion. We have to understand and it's hard to relate with somebody when you are not able to put yourself in this situation. But the thing is, all of us were in that situation. Every single one of us were lost, undone, without Christ. And Matthew, in chapter 9, verse 36, Jesus, seeing the people, felt compassion for them because they were distressed and dispirited like sheep without a shepherd. Aaron, sheep are dirty. Sheep are messy. You know what else? Sheep bite. <laughs> and in the same way, people are messy. People are dirty. And yes, some people bite. But when you sit back and you look at that individual for who they are, with an understanding of what they're going through, you can't help but have empathy for that individual. That is where compassion comes in. And I get it, church. All of us have been there. We've been there at points where we we thought to ourselves, well, they don't deserve it. They don't deserve the compassion that I can give them. Let me ask you a question. What did you do to deserve God's grace? What'd you do? Because if you did something, it's not grace. Because what is grace? Grace is getting something that you don't deserve, it is a gift, it is something that is freely given. And we've got to remember that when we're dealing with people of the world. They don't understand where we are, but guess what? Every single one of us know where they have been. Every single one of us have an understanding of where they're at. The problem is we've lost our compassion. Aaron, the the early leaders of Israel had lost compassion for their people. And the reason they lost compassion is because they weren't present. To have compassion for people, you have to be present with people. To see people, you have to be there. To understand, you have to acknowledge. To know them, it takes time take time to know your people because without compassion there is no ministry the god god, uh, god also commanded his shepherds to seek the lost you know what happens whenever sheep are in danger or in distress They scatter. The same thing happens with the children of Israel. When they were in danger and when they were in distress, they scattered. Aaron, the same thing happens with people. When we're in danger, when we're in distress, we scatter. But we've got to remember this. If Jesus left his throne to seek us, should we not have that same heart? Matthew 18 tells us, for the Son of Man came to seek and save that which was lost. And you know what, Aaron? I've often thought how great it would be to be an evangelist. You ever thought about that? You get to go into a church, you get to preach a couple of sermons, and then you get to leave and never deal with those people again. Think about that would that not be awesome you get in you let them have it you go and you don't worry about it but at the same time there's part of me that feels a little a little sorry for the evangelist because a lot of times the evangelist does not really get to see the fruit of their labor Aaron you were there last Sunday in Sunday school when i had a young man present with us a young man that i was able to lead to the lord who sit there and called me something that i've never never considered myself remember what he said i'm no hero but Aaron that is the fruit that i want you to see in your ministry And you know what, brother? That takes time. You don't just get to fly in and fly out. You have to be present with the people, even the ones who are lost. And through that time, God will allow you to see the fruit of that labor. We've been commanded to do the work of the evangelist. Why? Because that's our mission. And Aaron, remember this. Without a mission, there is no ministry. The last thing is one that I've struggled with the most, Aaron. The last thing he tells them is that they were not gentle. They ruled with an iron fist. And you know, this is hard for us because we live in a culture that likes this. As long as that person ruling with an iron fist thinks exactly like we do, votes exactly like we do, does whatever we do as well. We like for somebody to to rule with an iron fist, don't we? We get behind them, we root them on, we rally them. But the thing that bothers me the most about this is when I think about that, I think about this scripture. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. For I am gentle and humble in heart. And you will find rest for your soul and me. Aaron, most people don't respond to assertion. Most people don't do well with an iron fist. Even in Proverbs, chapter 15, verse 1 tells us that a gentle answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. And I get it, the role of a shepherd, the role of a pastor is one that demands biblical respect. I get that, but I want you to remember this. Respect for the individual that's in that role is earned. And Aaron, again, That's something that takes time. But without gentleness, there is no ministry. Aaron, this morning I'm charging you in front of this congregation to remember it's not about you. To remember to feed the lambs and feed the sheep. To remember to have compassion on your fellow man. To remember to seek the lost. And to remember rule with gentleness. Aaron, do you accept this charge? Absolutely. Faith family? I've got a charge for you as well. Not everybody understands what it's like to be a pastor. I thought I knew everything when I first started ministry. Y'all were patient with me. Thank you. And there's times that I still think I know everything. But the truth of the matter is, is that a pastor's role is not an easy role. And the proof of that is seen in the shortage of pastors that we are seeing today. We are seeing pastors leave in droves and we're not seeing many young men like this stepping up to fill the pulpits. Yes, we have hired him to be our youth pastor but we also need to understand that there may be a day that God calls him somewhere else. And while we have him here, it is our responsibility as a church to pray for him daily, to encourage him hourly, and to support him every second. Church, do you accept that charge? Aaron? This is personal, but public. I told you that this scripture has kept me up late at night. But it's not the first five, verse, seven, six verses that's kept me up. This is what's kept me up. In verse seven, and it won't be on the screen because this is just me and you talking. It says, therefore, you shepherds, hear the word of the Lord. Lord. This is directed to the shepherds. As I live, declares the Lord God, certainly because my flock has become plundered, my flock has has become food for the animals of the field for lack of a shepherd, and my shepherds did not search for my flock, but rather the shepherds fed themselves and did not feed my flock. Therefore, you shepherds, hear the word of the Lord. This is what the Lord God says. Behold, I am against the shepherds. I mean this with all my heart. I know God has placed a call on your life. I know God is gonna do some amazing things through you. I know you battle discouragement. I know you battle the wars that are waging in your mind. And the only reason I know it is because I've been there too. But Aaron, I want you to hear something that I never heard. Anybody tell me. And I mean this from the bottom of my heart. Look over there. What do you see? Those two boys are a gift to me. And Aaron, I mean this. I want you to be their youth pastor. I know you can. I know God can do it through you. But Aaron, it's up to you. I'm not trying to put a great weight on you because I know it's already there. But I want you to know this with all my heart. I'm doing this because I know. God has chosen you for his ministry. At this time, I'd like to ask all the staff, ordained staff, or no ordained deacons of Harmony Grove to come forward. Once they get up here, if there are any other ordained staff or leaders of other churches, if you so wish, I'd like for you to come forward as well. you to look around you. Look all around. You know what's right here in front of you? A bunch of imperfect people. But what's also here with you is a group of men who have a call on their life. And they're here because they believe you have a call in your life. And just like the leaders in Antioch, after prayer and fasting, the Holy Spirit spoke to them and told them to set apart Paul and Barnabas for the ministry that I have for them. They laid hands on them and prayed over them. And Aaron, that's what we're going to do right now. Gentlemen, if you will, step forward. Father, I learned a long time ago that there is a healthy fear. It's a fear that comes from our desire to serve you. It's a fear that comes from our desire to do our best for you. But Father, deep down we also got to realize that this is a fear, Lord, that can hinder us as well. Father, I know Aaron's call on his life. I know, Father, that you have set him apart for your gospel ministry. And Father, today as a church, not only do we charge him, but we also celebrate him. Father, I'm thankful for his willingness and desire to serve you in the gospel ministry. And Father, while selfishly I do hope he stays for a while, I also know, Lord, that if you call him, all we can do is celebrate that as well. But Father, we are here today laying our hands on Aaron as an affirmation of this calling that you have on his life. And Father, I pray that you would help us to remember that daily we need to continue to pray for him. I pray that you would help us to remember (laughs) that every second we need to be supporting him, Because I know Satan is going to do everything in his power, Lord. To throw roadblocks, snares, and everything in his way. Father, this morning, we set our our brother apart for the ministry that you've called on his life. And I just want to say thank you, Lord, for allowing me to be a small piece of his life. Bless him, Lord. Use him, Lord. Help him to stay focused on you and you alone. And Father, help him to be bold. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen.